welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation. And in this episode, we'll be talking about FC Dallas's 1-1 draw with New York City FC, why Paxton didn't start, FC Dallas's recent propensity to have slow starts, and looking at the table and what's next for FC Dallas in this playoff race. Joining me from his walk-in shoe closet where he's taking a break from fashion vlogging is Armand Kafai. How's it going, Armand? It's going good. Uh, my newfound uh, fashion fame is... Uh... A little overwhelming, but it's not a responsibility. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially when uh, Sasha Kleshin calls you out, and you have to live up to your name, I guess. Yeah, you're now the face of soccer footy fashion, if you will. So it's weird. All these, like, a couple guys, like, were in my like mentions, and they were like, "Oh, like fashion gurus." I, like, I've never seen any of her things or anything like that. And I was like, "So, it, like, like, where are you guys? Who are you guys? Where are you guys coming from?" <laughs> like. You guys have good stuff. Like, why won't you be considered like posts? I don't know. I don't know. People well, just aren't. I don't know. I don't know. Rumor has it you even have a new Armani Kafai uh, logo. Yeah, it's in the it's in the back. Uh, I need to pull it out and put it on my wall at some point. <laughs> Very cool. It'll be your backdrop. Yeah, making my. Uh, Too bad this is an audio back, podcast. My, yeah, my, the backdrop <laughs> of my uh, wall or something like that. Yeah, that's right. We'll have to we'll have to take a picture of us taking pictures of us talking about soccer. But then people would see it. Thoughts and prayers that they do. Thoughts and prayers <laughs> that they do. Alrighty. So on Sunday night, New York City traveled down here to Frisco to face FC Dallas. Uh, it was a bit of a nightmare start for FC Dallas. They went down 1-0 in the very first minute of the match. Oh, you're talking it, about that? I, I thought you were talking about the FC Dallas at the uh, at the beginning, I think I okay, thought that so was the nightmare start. To be honest with you, <laughs> becoming a meme you know, on an MLS subreddit. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that was. So it was like a double fold uh, nightmare start. So this nightmare started before the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked and saw that, and I was like, "Oh, great! Here we go." <laughs> uh, well, once the match, <laughs> once the match started, uh, FC Dallas went down one 0 in the very first minute. Uh, it was some some sloppy play, some slow reaction. Ball watching is what it was that led to a turnover, that led to some possession right around the edge of the box, which led to a Castellanos goal. And then uh, they almost scored again right right away, uh, almost down two to nothing right away. It was shades of Chicago all over again. That bludgeoning. Um, However, around the, the the first water break, Luchi Gonzalez was able to make some tactical shifts in, in how the team was pressing and set up, and the team really responded. They kind of controlled the rest of that half, and they, in the second half, Paxton Palma calls, uh, we'll call it a relentless pressing. He caused a loose ball to bounce around in the New York City box, and then the Cobra struck making it 1-1, and there it stayed until the end. It was a bit of a, a testy affair towards the end with the ref letting a lot go. I felt like there were a lot of bodies on the floor. I felt like some drowning pool would need to be played over that match, the highlights of that match. But uh, ooh, there was um, Brandon Cervania went out with a head injury, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, the, I don't know if interesting was the right word. I would say yeah. alarming. Alarming, uh, yeah. That MLS failed concussion protocol right there where two players with obvious head-to-head injury get injured, look wobbly, looks like 
Tracy, the trainer, is like, hey, like, don't let him back on. Weird situation. Both guys are still kind of grabbing their heads. Tinnerholm goes down. Cervania still holding his head. Then literally, like a minute later, Cervania goes down and gets subbed out. Not a good look for MLS concussion protocol over there. Not, not no, a good not one. At all. So, like, does MLS? Let's, this isn't really necessarily in our in our uh, episode outline, but uh, let's take a second to talk about that. So, does MLS need its own little blue tent? I don't know what it is, but apparent, but there there had to be some sort of disconnect uh, between the fourth official and the independent doctor. Like, if you're an independent doctor, how do you let both these guys on? They both have concussions. Like, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I was looking. I couldn't watch the game because I was looking at Cervania's actions, his mannerisms, and he did not look that good. No, he looked confused. It's he looked like, he looked concussed, and, and Tinnerholm apparently was. Or from what I've been hearing is like around like was was pretty messed up as well. So it's like really let these guys come back on. Hey, players want to play. And the one thing is, I uh, uh, Lucci mentioned like being tough or something. I mean, once head injuries, I don't think it's about being tough. I think it's they just don't know. And like there's yeah. like they think it's something else. Like I don't think it was about being tough. I think this like it's obviously a person saying I want to go, I want to go on, I want to go on. But you got to stay a player from itself. Like, you can't if, – if, if, you know, it gets a, a rocket header and gets knocked out again, that's not good. Yeah, you got to save good. them from themselves sometimes. But then the question is, like, what – when do you save them from themselves and what what all is going on there? Do you think that if there was – I think I saw you tweeted about the um, temporary sub rule that uh, – was it Taylor Twelman has proposed? Do you think that if they had extra time to evaluate that then they would probably would have made a different decision there? I mean, each side could have had extra time to evaluate though, right? Because there, it would have been only just 10 on 10. Like, it would have been an even matchup. It's not like one guy's in, like, out and there's like a, a mismatch. They should have used ample time. And I think they would have as well if they had those temporary substitutions. I think that could have been a perfect way to do it. Um, there's no really exploit there. Obviously, those – Two guys are there, there. Has to be there was there was something wrong with what went on right there. I don't know if the fourth official. I don't know if it's the the independent doctor. Like there there was something seriously like off because they both did not look like they're in good shape. And I'm in a press box. We'll uh, we'll see if anything comes of that. But let's in the meantime, while we're waiting and waiting and waiting, we <laughs> let's back things up and talk a little bit about the slow start from FC Dallas. This is the, I guess. The second match in three that SCLs has come out and looked really slow, looked really, I don't know what's the word, like it's like they weren't up for the match right away. And it took, it took getting a, getting scored on and, and Pomacall coming on really to, to change the tide there. What, what do you think the reasoning is behind these slow starts? I honestly don't know. Honestly, like they're they're inexcusable. Like you shouldn't have a slow start. I feel like there should be like a slow, like maybe lot, like maybe ten minute, like not ten minutes, but like after a ten minute mark, like maybe a little bit slower after that. But like you just come back from a coach hyping you up, telling you you should need to do ABC, ABC, ABC. You're you're running off adrenaline because the game is starting, and then you just like 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 you you let like you do what you did in the those two matches. I don't think there's anything uh, excusable except for the fact that maybe they're caught off guard. 
I, I honestly can't really rationalize why they they start off so slow. Because even after, like you mentioned, the goal was scored, they just got they got battered in those first twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. They could have been down two or three zero. Let's be real. I don't know for sure. Yeah, in, in the post game press conference, Lucci, it was probably the. I mean, probably the second or third most frustrated I've seen him. Second, because the first second. one was Vancouver yes. when they blew a two zero lead. Yes, but uh, I mean, he was visibly frustrated. He said, "You know, listen, we had a plan, and they did not. Well, they went out there and they didn't do anything that we talked about." And so then, you know, in in Chicago, they didn't really make an adjustment. They they were getting exploited. They lost their balance. And but this game, they were actually able to to make a little turnaround um, by adjusting their press. What did you make of that that adjustment? It's it, it's difficult because it, it's a very like I feel like it was a very subtle change in Lucci and didn't really go into details. So you have to dig for it for yourself. And it's kind of hard to dig for it for yourself when, you know, you got other things going on in your life. But um, and so, ESPN plus blacks out the replay. and ESPN plus. But well, it was on Unimos. So it was on Twitter. So you can actually watch okay, it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so but like it, it was it was a lot of they flipped the field. I feel like I mean, when when FC Dallas had the ball, they were a little too slow in those first 20 minutes. The way New York City would press, it was like a work of art. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed watching them press. Like at one point, I think Reggie had the ball on the, on the sideline, and all of a sudden, you see. I think it was, uh, I want to say it was Moderita or Matriza. I don't know, some of them. And Keaton Parks just closing down on Reggie and forcing him into a turnover, and boom, they have a break the other way. Mm-hmm. You can see why their press is so effective, especially at Yankee Stadium when the field is so much like so shrunk. Uh, but they kind of flipped the field and they didn't, they started pressing uh, New York City in New York City's half and forcing New York City to try to play long balls. And then, you know, if New York City would play a long ball, it's Castellanos. Castellanos uh, either would win it or he wouldn't win it. And if he would win it, it would be really quickly. And then, boom, you get the ball back and you start playing from position there and you're a lot higher up the pitch. And I think overall, I think the one thing we can take away from this match is Lucci definitely. I, mean, I guess everyone knows this. He knows what he's doing to to completely flip a game like that. I, w- I was impressed. And I, the frustration that I think we felt was a frustration that they should have gotten three points from that right. match. And I think with better I think with better players they could have gotten three points. Yeah, those points were there to be had. Um and it is frustrating that they weren't able to get it and there were there were multiple times where a a better finisher would have put the ball in the back of the net. But Cobra was able to pretty get a pretty good volley there off the uh, the Paxton turnover. It's good to see Cobra still getting on the score sheet. I think that's what his fifth goal. Yeah, it's really good to see Cobra. You know, get on the score sheet and you know continue to score goals, providing a little bit of a spark. You know, he had a really slow start to the season. Uh, quite honestly, he's kind of shown his poacher tendencies that he had. Uh, with Legia Warsaw, I want to say, was it Warsaw in Poland? Krakow, Krakow, no. Kr- one of those teams. I and, Some and, and, forgive me, forgive me, Poland. Yeah, forgive me. Uh, but he he's really starting to show the signs of that poacher uh, behavior. But I'll I'll raise you a question, Dustin. Do you think he should have been substituted earlier on in the match? 
Um, it was Whistler Krakow, by the way. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think he was certainly a candidate of somebody that I would be thinking real hard about. Because you go, he'd um, probably go Baji, mm-hmm. which where Baji stands, but he didn't have a really good game. No, nah, um, it's been rough. Go it's been rough going for late. him. Uh, and then I would probably say Cobra. I mean, he was. Yeah, he, he just like them in the press. It just doesn't. I don't know if it works with like Cobra. Yeah, it's not the most natural thing. Like he's not the fastest guy. He's like, I mean, I'm, this is not a comparison by any means, but if you look at how uh, LA, LA galaxy have to have to play with Zlatan. Saver Zlatan. Yeah, 100%. yeah. And I feel like there's some of that that goes on with FC Dallas's press because, you know, he's not the fastest guy. I, I think I probably would have thought about it. I'm, I think that I probably would have, uh, I, I don't know. I think it was the right call to leave him on. Is this first? Was this the first time he's gone ninety? I think so. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, he he earned it. So somebody who did not get to go ninety was Paxton Pomicall. He started the game on the bench. Was on the questionable list with an abdominal strain, which raises the question: If you're able to go sixty, could you not have go ninety? Yes, I think it's I think it's actually entirely possible that you can go sixty but not go ninety. If that makes any sense. It does. I think I think it is, and I think again, Lucci has a good option in Cervania. And if he needed the spark, he could bring on Paxton, but he was forced to bring him on early. I mean, there's fan accounts that are saying they saw him wincing in pain from the uh from the uh while watching the match. Uh I know for a fact he was not in the best of moods on Friday. He, he uh, politely declined interviews. Um, and usually uh, with a player like Paxton, who I've almost an interview, I think every, almost every training week or at least most training weeks I try to, he's always willing to talk. And usually it's something frustrating like an injury or may, predominantly an injury actually that would cause that. And he was a little uh, walking a little gingerly if you watched on the sidelines. And I think it was something injury related. Uh, let's get that out of the way first. I feel like some people are implying, oh, he got benched. I think it was injury-related. I will stand by that. Um, it was just one of those situations where he didn't want him to play. I think Lucci didn't want to play, uh, you know, and like he'd rather bring him on. I think the plan was bring him on the 60th minute or 70th minute, get him that 23 minutes, make that impact. He's obviously not 100%. Have him be closer to 100% going into the final two matches against Colorado and um, – uh, uh, SKC yep. uh, and because remember they're on a short week as well uh, a gritty game on turf and I mean obviously this game matters and it matters a lot and you have to grind it out but I, I, I see what Lucci is doing especially the play of Cervania, uh as of late but I think yeah I so answer your question I think yes I think it's entirely possible for someone to go 60 but not start yeah, uh, Tristan Vick, who is our third co-host, who's on paternity leave at the moment. Congratulations, Tristan. Um, mentioned to me, he's like, he said, I think this team's going to go as far as Paxton can carry them. And I think it's interesting. And I, I mean, I agree. I mean, the guy is, has been obvious, the obvious spark for this team all season. Um, so Paxton goes, so does FC Dallas. Um, but I think it's interesting 
what we've seen the past couple of matches is that it's it's almost kind of it feels like it's almost a little hard for Lucci to fit him in the side because Lucci's very much about balance, and you've got Jesus Ferra who's playing really well, um, you've got Brandon Cervania who's playing well, and you've got Acosta who's playing well. So if you're going to bring Paxton in, do you? He's not a ten, so he's not going to take um, Jesus's spot. So then he's either taking Brandon Cervania or Brian Acosta's spot. So if you put Paxton in in his um, Cervania's spot, does it? Do you feel like that would would really kind of upset the balance and tilt it more towards the? Um, I, Paxton can come can get back on defense and is is defensive minded, but I feel like it might push it a little bit towards skew it offensively a little bit. I think you're right, uh, and there, and the the one thing I want to mention uh, before we dive delve deep into this uh, is uh, I want to give a shout out uh, credit to John Arnold, who at the beginning of the season talked about how Brian Acosta, from what he's seen, is more of a, a six, like a defensive six. And we've been starting to see that when he cleans up the messes and goes like, he's like, I don't know where he, he remember he told me, I don't know where he is box to box midfielder kind of vibe. He definitely, he definitely from what I've seen is a six, a de- mm-hmm. more defensive midfielder. So looking at, looking at that, looks like honestly, Cervania probably is going to be out. I mean, let's just say he's going to be out. Let's say it's concussion. Let's say he's out for a Colorado mm-hmm. match. If I'm Luchi Gonzalez, I think you have to put Paxton in that position, but I think you're right though. Like, but I think he, obviously I don't think the team sees him as an, as a 10, but I'd like to see him at that more higher, like advanced offensive role. And I've been the one who's critical of his offensive, like ability, I guess is, I don't think it's ability, but how people have rated his offensive abilities impact or I don't know. I don't know the exact uh, metric for that, but I uh, I think you should play packs at the ten, uh, or or something like that, uh, and you're able to maybe fit on another guy like, like Jacory Hayes. Uh, but I, even even then, it's kind of just like, mm, like I don't know because I would say push Jesus to the nine. I would say mm-hmm. push Jesus to the nine, and then you have a more fluid press, a more fluid this. But I don't think we'll see that. I think it's too much experimentation. Yeah, uh, but two I, games left. I I agree, and I, but I agree, Dustin. I think it does skew it a little bit more offensively. I think it does. But I mean, look at the goal. Paxson flies into the picture. If you all see it, he flies into pressure ring. Like that's not like a that's a deep run. So I think mm-hmm. that his work rate will make up for his uh, I guess lack of defensive positioning. That's the right yeah, word. Yeah, but some of that is is like a necessity because we're down a goal. We're we're chasing the match at this point. And so you you've got to take risks like that. You've got to push further forward, right? So what do you do with that when the game is even strength or whenever, you know, Europe's absorbing pressure more and and not going after the match? I, I don't know. I I think I mean, I there's a there's is. a there's a replay at least from I mean I, I've been scouring the some of the uh, Twitter gifs and stuff, 
And there was a video of Paxson. GIFs. Whoa, GIFs. whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. GIFs, 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 GIFs. GIFs. <laughs> okay, I was going to mix up. You're one of those guys. I was getting mixed up, okay? Jeez, I got I got I got I got cut my act. But no, like you see it and he receives a ball from so deep and plays a beautiful ball over the top. Um I think he can do it if he's asked. But I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, we've seen him play in that role. I don't know. I I, I don't know, but I mean, the midfield the midfield, I mean, Jesus was pretty meh to be honest with you. Uh I don't know how anyone can uh really say he was a man of the match or anything like that. I, I thought he was yeah. he was misplacing passes, looked at a sink, and he's obviously a little frustrated. I guess the right answer would be buy a player in the offseason, but that doesn't really help in the uh <laughs> that doesn't really help in the current. Well before the offseason gets here and we can have that option, FC Dallas has to make it into the playoffs maybe. There's a, a playoff push happening going on Armand, can you walk us through? I know you've been keeping a spreadsheet. Um, I know you're an analyst, aspiring analyst. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what the scenarios are going into the playoffs. So first things first, all eyes are going to be on Wednesday. Wednesday, there are some critical matches going on as Dallas has played one more game than all the teams in the Western Conference playoff battle. So if you're an FC Dallas fan, you need to keep a watch out for Minnesota. Uh, United, SKC, Real Salt Lake, LA Galaxy, Portland, New England, and San Jose and Philadelphia. All these games do have implications for FC Dallas as they continue to make this uh, playoff push. Sitting right now in sixth place on 45 points, one ahead of San Jose and one ahead of the Portland Timbers. But the bad thing is if the teams do tie, Dallas is not looking that good because they are currently below them in the wins tiebreaker, which is the first tiebreaker in MLS, not goal difference. It's wins. It's wins. Remember that right now, looking at the standings, Dallas, I don't think they, I don't think they'll be second. I don't think they will be third either. They might make fourth. I'm not sure to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think they do. I think Dallas will be on the road. Uh, looking at looking at the competition, you have Real Salt Lake, uh, San Jose, and Portland. Now, looking at the schedules between these teams, San Jose obviously has most difficult schedule. They have to play Philadelphia at home, Seattle at home, and then travel to Portland on decision day. Portland has a revolution at home, SKC on the road, who are eliminated essentially from the playoffs, and San Jose at home. That San Jose-Portland matchup could be a spot for a playoff uh, position come decision day. And then RSL have the Galaxy and the Dynamo and Vancouver all at home. Uh, all in all, looking at these, I, personally, I think Dallas sneaks in as a seven seed. Uh, okay. San Jose's schedule is very difficult. Uh, really difficult. Uh, and I think that San Jose-Portland matchup will be a spot for one of these teams to potentially get in to the playoffs. I think that's going to be an elimination game. That leaves Dallas with one spot to uh, potentially win. But they have to take care of business. And Colorado and SKC, I mean, look, I think if you looked at this, the schedule before the season started, or maybe last month, you'd say, well, SKC matchup, ah, Colorado, you know, whatever. Colorado is scary, folks. 
I don't know if you've been keeping up with the results, uh, what they've been doing, how they've been doing under Robin Frazier, but they are scary, guys. Like, you know they they have a 1% to 2% chance of making the playoffs right now? Like, they're close. They can yeah, max they out at 45 out points. Hmm? They were all but out of it. They were all but out of it, but Robin Frazier's got them playing good football. They've been winning. They beat the Galaxy at home. They just beat SKC 3-2. Their players are starting to step up. I saw a stat saying, like, after Hudson was fired, they're on pace to have 60 points in MLS. Like, they're a good team, folks. So, Dallas is really going to have, you know, their their work cut out for them these last two matches. I think even SKC has always given Dallas trouble. I think they're two sneaky games uh, for Dallas. So, I'm a little on the worried side, but I don't know. What do you think, Dustin? Um, I just remember last season whenever FC Dallas had a must win and they traveled to Colorado and they pooped the bed big time. Uh, and I just can't get that picture out of my mind. I know I predicted that they would win that match, but I'm not so confident about that anymore. And then the SKC, uh, I think that could go either way too. So it's going to be a real dicey couple couple of matches here coming up to end of the season. Um, you know, and just on Colorado, I was just thinking, you know, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, Solskjaer, whatever you say his name, he won a couple of matches after after he took over at Manchester United, and then we've seen how that's turned out. So maybe the Fraser thing is just that, that new coach bubble. Like, oh, we're free of the old guy. Let's well, all play good. I mean, I hate to, you know, two mile to horn. You know, I'm about two mile and horn. Dustin knows where it's about to go. Doot, doot. But I called Colorado the most interesting team in MLS going into it with all these players that they had and their situation. And I just want to let y'all know that they're not a bad team. I've been saying this for the longest time that they're not a bad team. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. I'm stupid. Whatever. You took you took my take and you used it because you thought it was good. And then people called you it's crazy. A it's a yeah. good take because I just want to let y'all know I'm not trying to brag. But that Colorado roster is talented. Looking at a team with a Keegan Rosenberg, a Kai Kamara, who has double-digit goals for, I think, like 8th or ninth or 10th, something straight years, like ridiculous amount of years in a row. Uh, Kellen, who's okay, but if he gets hot, he's hot. Cole Bassett, I don't know if he's going to play. I think he might be injured. Uh, Shirushinki, rookie of the year candidate right there. I mean, you could go through a roster. Mesquita, uh, who's a dynamic uh, outside mid. I mean, Tim Howard, eh. Uh, but I mean, yeah. you could go on and on. A lot of Abubakar has been fantastic as center back. This team isn't a team that you know. It's like oh, it should be a win. Colorado is scary, folks. They are a good team. They just were led, you know, kind of down a uh, path by Anthony Hudson. I think Colorado can beat can beat FC Dallas, especially at home. Yeah, we just gotta keep from touching the prairie dogs in the parking lot. Yeah, don't get the uh, plague. <laughs> All right, so that game is on Sunday, and by then we will have a pretty good picture of what's going to need to happen. Luchi Gonzalez said, hey, our number is 51. They want to get both wins. You know, that's kind of what you have to say as the coach, but I think it actually very well may be true as well. Uh, So we'll see coming up what's going on. Thank you for listening, and you can catch us on 
in the internet at, at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter. And our website is DallasSoccerShow.com. If you like what you hear, tell a friend and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening.